What does it take to be successful with my income, my family, my health, and my belief in myself? How can I do this by being who I am at a very high level? These are the questions I ask those who have gone through it. Welcome to the Unleash Your Strengths Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome. All right. So uh, for those of you that are watching on the replay, comment below replay. So good to have you all here. Uh, my name is Eddie, and this is the Unleash Your Strengths Podcast interview with Gabe Fugate. Gabe Fugate. Super excited to have you, brother. Thanks for coming. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm honored. Thank you, Eddie. You bet, man. Well, okay. So I, I got to tell everybody just a little bit how I got introduced to you. And it was me kind of standing in the background watching somebody on stage kind of rocking out, like really kind of getting the crowd going. So uh, for those of you, obviously everyone here probably doesn't remember, but it was a, a while back. We did a great event called Shift. It was a uh, an essential oil event for men. We did it at a convention a couple of years ago for doTERRA. Uh, well, we didn't do it for doTERRA, but anyway, long story short, we were on stage and we had, it was like one guy after another doing their presentations. And <clears throat> I, I was there for a couple hours in the background. Or I was there for a little while after I was done with my talk. I took off to go grab some lunch. I came back, <laughs> I came back and there is this guy on the stage, like just, um, I, I, I hate to call it rapping because it's like that doesn't even it like it feels like it doesn't really explain how awesome it is what you were doing, but you were rocking the crowd. You were just had the crowd going. The crowd was just going with you. And it was I was like, who is that? And then everyone's like, that's Gabe. And I was like, well, OK, because I had heard about you and I heard about, you know, your your talent, and your abilities. And then uh, so that's how I got introduced. And it was so uh, cool to just kind of be able to be backstage. And not just to see you so much, but to see the audience reacting to you. You're, you're, I'm sure you remember that moment, right? Oh, God. So, yeah. so talk a little bit about what it was like to be on that stage. I don't know if you've been on a stage like that before. I, I don't know your history on that. So if you could talk a little bit about that, that was yeah. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, thanks for bringing us back to that memory. I mean, that was such a cool event. You know, I mean, like you said, you said it was for doTERRA, but it wasn't, it was for men. It was right. for men that were, you know, yeah. Anyway, so that was, I yes, I have some stage experience um, at small stages, small venues usually. Um, but the, <clears throat> the, this kind of, I don't know how to explain it, the kind of twist in the heart of that experience is that I am rapping this song that is about human trafficking. And really, this, if you listen to the lyrics in, in, my, in this song, it's really focused on one specific kind of trafficking, which really is prostitution. Yeah. And, and when I wrote it, those were the feelings. That was what I was visualizing. I was visualizing a woman who has been um, in this kind of situation. And so here I am in front of how many, like, well, there was a few hundred people. It was about 200, roughly. Yeah. I, I really, I'm just guessing. Yeah, like two, 300 people. I mean, two or 300 men, and I'm rapping about this subject about, basically about a woman who has gone through terrible experience. And you know, it's a, it's a good group of people for sure, that, but in any like section of three, two, 300 men, there's probably gonna be someone that, that hits on a level that it doesn't for other people, if you know 
what I mean. So, yeah. I mean, that was like, you know, I was very well received and everybody was very, um, it was an intense song. I mean, it's an intense subject, it's intense. And I had people, um, I was extremely nervous <clears throat> and um, I had people that I really respect come up to me afterwards in tears. And so it was a success for sure, but, but wow, what a huge experience. And um, that was like two or three years ago now, I think. Yeah. And, and the song is just came out today, actually. I don't know if you knew that Eddie, but the song- oh, We're gonna talk about that. Yeah, the song came out today, the original, the finished version. But um, yeah, I mean, being on a stage like that, being in front of people is something that I love, but I, I and I've done many times, but I'm always nervous. I always get, heart rate gets up and just, um, but you know, when you love something, and you want to share something, um, and I, you know, you just do it. And all the people, including you, all the men that spoke were just a brilliant. I mean, it was, um, I had my heart opened by that experience. Um, I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. I, I agree. And I remember, um, you know, I was, I remember when uh, Keith McCoy was talking to me about this, I was like, this is a brilliant idea. This needs to be done. We need to have a a place because and, and I just thought there's so many men that we could put on that stage that would inspire people that who aren't really given platforms they're just you know or for some reason they're not able to find their own or whatever to be able to have a stage that we could put men on and have them just be real and vulnerable and honest and just get brutal even as well um I thought my advice to, to sorry my advice to Keith was don't bring on the same guys every time bring on brand new men every time. That was my advice. Yeah. After the event was over, <laughs> I regretted that advice so badly. I was like, I want to do this again. This is awesome. And, I, and then, then uh, Keith was planning on doing another one. And I, of course, didn't get invited. Why not? Because I was, it was my advice to not invite me. Right. And, <laughs> and I was just a little like, oh, I want to do that again. That was so cool. Um, but yeah, and I'll, I'll give you my, uh, just quick on this one. I'm, I'm curious about your experience. This is, I've, I've spoken on stages many times at that point. So I was pretty seasoned and I'd been on many stages and I'm really good at recognizing patterns, but this was the first time I'd ever been on a stage that was like 98% men, maybe 99% men. And I felt an intensity coming from the audience. Oh Yeah. Like it was, it was not a feeling I had felt before being in front of people. It was just like, it was the messages like you better inspire me because I need this right now. That was the vibe I was getting, you know? Uh, did, I mean, did you notice that anything different with that event versus other events where it's pretty combined? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was like, I mean, I don't know if it was the testosterone or whatever, but it, you know, there was an energy there. I think one of the, clearest memories I have of it was um I don't remember the gentleman that did it um but the the Braveheart clips from the movie and he made everybody you know yell yeah. and it was whoa man that the, was kind of everybody, everybody yelling freedom and every like it shook the entire theater it was like whoa you know and and I think that I think that any group you know any large group of people that are together for you know, a common cause, there's going to be a charge. But for men to come to a group that's big, that's just for men to learn and grow and be vulnerable, 
because men aren't supposed to be vulnerable in our in our culture. You know, right. you're supposed to not cry. You're supposed to be strong. Um, you know, you're supposed to um, suck it up and and be the one that carries the load and blah blah blah. And so emotionally, you know, men that vulnerability isn't isn't there. Women have been doing it forever. You know, they've been getting <laughs> in circles and since you know the Stone Age or whatever, and and talking about their feelings. But men are a little bit more stubborn that way. And so to have to have that many men sign up and pay to be at a thing to be vulnerable there's going to be a different you know feeling and different energy in the crowd and um, I felt it I felt the intensity um, I remember very distinctly like you know I'm rapping these parts and I remember looking in the crowd and seeing like people's faces like like just aghast you know they're just like and I'm like, okay, well, they're, they're hearing me. Nobody's moving. Cause it's not that kind of song. It's not a song you're going to move to really. But, um, and that's kind of most of my songs are not like a dancey party song. I like message music, but, um, where they stop and they just kind of go. I yeah. It's like deer in headlights kind of like, they're just taking <laughs> it in, you know, like, Whoa, what's going, you know, wow. He's really saying something. Yeah. And, it, and then I remember finishing, I remember finishing the song and there was like, you know, it felt like 30 seconds, but it was probably half a second pause of just complete silence. And then screaming, just men screaming, which you don't always hear that. Um, yeah. So that was like, whoa, that was really like a powerful room to be in for sure. This is this is one of the reasons why I would love to be on that stage again. So I tagged Keith McCoy and I was like, Keith, you know what? My advice sucked please have me on that stage again i would love to be in front of an of, of an oh. audience of all men again because that was so different yeah it was so different and so unique and i would love to be a part of that but uh yeah. even if i get to be there because that was awesome so i'm uh anyway so everybody will maybe maybe keith will do it again i don't know i'm, I'm praying but um because we definitely need it and um for those of you who don't know keith mccoy go listen to his shift podcast is really good um, I don't know if you've if you've heard of his podcast at all. I haven't. Um, no, no, I didn't. I, I yeah, I should go check that out. Yeah, in fact, I'll I'll say Keith, if you're watching this, get Gabe on your podcast, man. This is that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm I want to transition because I'm curious about rapping. So I want to if you could just tell me a little bit of history of like where where does rap come from for you? Where where did it start and and how did it kind of get to this point where you've got I'm not going to give it away. You've got a really cool name. I'm not, I'm just, I'll let you kind of tell us the story of how you came to that point. Does that mean, you know what I mean? I want to hear, yeah. I'm curious about all yeah. of that. Yeah, so like in my life personally. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah great question. Um, I, I, you know, as far back as I can remember, I always was interested in music. Um, I always loved music. Um, the, you know, I'm an emotional person, you know, and music is like, a, it's emotion, you know, that's what it is to me. And so you, you play a song and you feel it and you play a different song, you feel that emotion. And, um, and I, and growing up, um, you know, I grew up in, in uh, Northern California, Humboldt County, Arcata, Eureka, that area, small coastal community, um, predominantly white community. Um, there's a strong Portuguese, you know, um, community there, but, you know, it's kind of white, coastal northern california community and um so there wasn't a lot of culture of rap and hip-hop around um but i can remember i can remember being uh 
you know, one of the first hip hop songs I think I ever heard was uh, 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 Walk This Way, you know, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Um, that was and, the first, that, that, is that your earliest memory of rap? You know, I'm not sure because- It's around that time. I, it was, there was that, but then, you know, I think the, like, I, you know, I watched MTV and stuff, so I probably heard some things, but the first thing I really remember is an, it's a, <laughs> it's a song by Too Short. And it's, um, I won't repeat the title of the song. It's extremely, <laughs> extremely derogatory, the whole yeah. song. I mean, that's Rules his were style. different back then. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I was like probably 11 or 12 when I heard it. It was very sexually explicit. And and I knew what he was talking about huh. on some level, but I was also like, I can't relate to this. Like as an 11-year-old boy, I can't relate to this song at all. Um, so I just kind of was like not interested um, in that kind of music. I was really into... Um, like punk rock and ska and that kind of stuff um, and uh, and there was there was a culture of that going on my older brother we'd go to sh concerts there was stuff happening like in that genre in our community um, and that was really fun I remember like stage diving crowd surfing that you know mosh pits that super fun um, even when you're like 12 13 years old uh, but then I um, I, I was you know really into skateboarding and all this stuff and I remember um I was a freshman in high school. I had bleach blonde, spike tips, um, uh, you know, wallet chain, polo shirts, and cargo pants. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, wallet and, um, chain, yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember freshman in high school, and I went to school one day, and we had a big like assembly in the auditorium, and they were announcing stuff and whatever. And there was um, there was a performance. This guy who's a senior. Who I recognized because he he was always at the skate spots because he was a really good skateboarder. Um, he came and he brought his turntables. This guy this guy's name is a uh, DJ Jet Eye, like Jedi but Black Jet Eye, right? So DJ Jet Eye, it's a cool name. Um, and he's okay. actually <laughs> he was a, he was a DJ and he went on actually later in life um, to be a trumpet player and he's in a band and he tours the world actually. Um, but anyways, this guy he had turntables and he was scratching. And I'd never seen that. Like I'd heard some like wicka wicka, you know, stuff and whatever, but I'd never seen it done. And it blew me away. And I, I the next time I saw him, um, I went up to like at the skate, the skate spot. I went up to him and I was like, basically, I was like, yo, I'm, you know, I got my my dad's old record player and I bought a cheesy mixer on eBay or something. And I'm, you know, I got my first setup. I'm gonna start DJing. And he's like, oh, let me come check out your setup. You know, so he, he's like, yeah, you know, you should come and practice on my, like my real turntables. They're, you know, 1200s are the real Technics 1200s. And I was like, yeah, dude. And so he kind wow. of took me under his wing. And then right at that same time, I was getting really into, I had just started to discover hip hop music that I could really relate to. Um, it was, uh, there, there was uh, this mixtape um, called Sound Bombing 2. And um it had Eminem on it before he was famous. It had Most Def, Talib Kweli, um, Pharrell Monch. It had all these, all these um, musicians, all these rappers. And there were concepts in there that they were talking about that I felt like I could relate to and resonate with. Um, and, and some of it was a little bit more heart-centered too. And, um, and, and the, so that kind of music started coming into my awareness. And I really always had this desire to be a musician, to be in a band or be a frontman or be a singer.
but I never really sang. I never really played an instrument for long enough to master it or get super good. But I always loved writing. I always loved poetry. All through school, I was eager to read. Like I remember being in kindergarten and being like, when are we going to learn how to read? I want to read, you know? And so I've always wanted that um, words, you know? And I always felt like I was better able to express myself through writing than any other thing. And so when I found hip hop and, and, and lyricism and, and, you know, lyrics um, and rap, uh, it just made sense to me. It was, I, I could do that. I could do something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, you know, I started DJing and scratching, but also I started writing rap songs. Um, I still probably have my notebook with like my first, you know, I'm like, I bought a notebook. I'm like, this is my rhyme pad, dog. You know, started writing. So how old are you at this point? 14. Yeah. 14 okay all right so you're writing at 14 you're just i mean i wrote songs before like i wrote punk rock songs and stuff before that i even dabbled in like a band for a minute but right. i got really serious when i got into hip-hop um okay. and that's how i that's kind of that's how i kind of got into it and then after high school i went to college to study music and study recording um and uh and just kind of further went along that path from there which um, college did you go to i went to um uh, California State University, Chico. Okay. Chico State, yeah. And, and you went to Chico State like to learn music. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, uh -huh. but um, my friends were going to Chico State and I just wanted to be at my, at that time in my life, I just wanted to be with my friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, I knew if I took like a break from school and well, I was going to do college later, I would never go back. <laughs> you know, like I knew that I just had to get it done. So, so I went to, and, you know, after the first semester, I kind of was trying to figure out what I wanted to major in. And it just so happens that um, Chico State has a really fantastic recording program um, with a really great studio, really good teachers, um, professors that, you know, I, I use the stuff I learned to this day. Um, it was, I, I kind of got lucky. I kind of fell into like a really good program. Yeah. So this, uh, okay. So while you were at Chico State, were you taking all your basic classes or was it all just music? Yeah. yeah. So I had like general ed classes. I have a bachelor of arts. So oh, okay. I, uh, general ed classes are in there and um, I minored in sociology too. Um, and uh, um, so, yeah, I, I was taking all those, all kinds of different classes, um, music, philosophy you know i didn't have to do any math or science for a bachelor of arts so that's okay. cool but i nice. like science um <laughs> yeah and I, and I managed to i managed to get a sociology minor that i finished like i started it and i i finished four years of college at chico and then i did a study abroad program where i went to india to south india wow and i lived in bangalore bangalore for a year and went to college there and i was able to get my courses there to count for my sociology minor. So I was very lucky to be able to do that. Um, and I went into some really crazy music stuff there. It was really- um, How long were you in Bangalore? Um, a year, actually a little over a year. I and how old my, were you at this time? Th at that point I was, you know, in my twenties, 20. Wow, right on. Yeah, I think I'd have to do some math okay. to really figure that out, but early twenties. Yeah, and in in in, in India, um, I you know I I got there and became friends right away with a lot of my Indian classmates, and uh, um, I ended up falling into this like they it's very big in the culture there 
where they have like every everybody in India can either sing or dance or play an instrument or something creative like really well. It's just a part of the culture. And um, there, there's a big thing in the universities where they have these like um, acapella teams, like, like kind of like Glee Club, right? If you've ever seen the movie Glee um, or the show, right? Um, and so th these, my friends were like, you gotta try out for the, you know, for the acapella team, you gotta try out. I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, I can't sing, like, I'm not a singer. I can't hit a note. I had in my recording class or my um, uh, recording arts degree, I had to take classes where you had to sight sing, which is where you have music notes, like a sheet of notes. It could be very simple. And you get the start, like you get the, the note, like the starting note, like they give, like play it. And then you have to, from there with no accompaniment, you have to sing what you see. I can't, I mean, I probably can't do that to this day. Wow. <laughs> and I barely passed that class. It was required to, to get through. Um, so, you know, so I was like, not a singer, but they're like, you should just try out anyway, man. We know you do some rapping or something. Just, just come try out. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I tried to, they asked me to sing scales and I failed on the scales, but I can beatbox because I've been into hip hop. So I can do some vocal percussion. And so I, I beatboxed for them. And it was like, it was pretty clear that there wasn't a lot of people that could do that there. Okay. Was, Wait, like, to, oh. So this is like shock and astonishment for them. Is that what happened? I mean, they, they, they've seen it. There's people that can do it. But like at that university, there was maybe like a handful of people that could even kind of beatbox um, if that, you know. And so so they're like, OK, yeah, we, we need you. Um, wow. So, so we started. I So our group was called Acoustic Chutney. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> like seven voices and and I was one of them I was the beatboxer and I rapped a little bit too and so we we practiced a bunch and had a, like three songs that we did um we did uh I feel good by James Brown and we did don't funk with my heart by the black eyed peas which kind of has like an Indian vibe if you've ever heard that song and then we did a song that was our own creation that like had me rapping and some some of my lyrics they took and sang and then there was a like a Hindu uh like prayer to Ganesh or something that was fused in there and very beautiful, um, kind of like Bollywood style. And uh, so those were like our three songs that we, and then we, we competed against the other teams at our university and we won. And so that we became like um, the university's A team and they sponsored us to go travel around South India and compete at intercollegiate music competitions. Um, we did, like over a dozen of them and we won all of them except like one or two we got second place in so it was it was a fantastic experience I had no idea that was going to happen when I was going over there and it was one of the best parts of the whole time I had there um traveling with that group those people I have such fond memories with of them and um it was a great learning experience and yeah so this is they, they talk about uh experts have to put in a thousand hours Sure. The expert. Would you say that that's where you did it right there? I thought it was 10,000 or 10,000. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't uh, matter. I don't care. What's you know, the difference really, right? After a thousand, it might as well be a million. Who cares? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, um, that helped me to get extremely comfortable. I, I wouldn't say extremely comfortable. It helped me get slightly more comfortable with being on stage and being in front of people. And yeah. they were um, usually, fairly small, um, uh, you know, audiences. And um, I actually have found over the years 
that I'm more nervous in a smaller setting. It's more intimate. If you're on a big stage and there's lights and there's, you know, hundreds of people, it, it's not, for me, it's not, it's not as nerve wracking. If I'm, if I'm performing for five people that I really are, that I know well, it's much more like, you know, they Stress know me. So I got to be like, I got to be on point. They're going to know if I mess up, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. There's something about, for me, that's how I work. It's like, you know, I still get nervous if it's a big thing, but it's like, there's something more when it's more intimate and smaller, there's, it's a little bit more, um, I get a little bit more nervous. Yeah. Well, you've got, um, uh, you've, you've done something right because there are like tons and tons of comments coming in right now on Facebook. Uh, right. people like requesting you to start doing something right now. Like I, it's not at all what I would normally suggest during, we're just having a conversation and talking about cool stuff, but you, you've got some fans watching this right now. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. That's there's awesome. some people who are just like, who are, I mean, either they've heard you do it before or they've never heard you and they want to hear you. I don't know. It, it's pretty cool anyway. So, I mean, it's obviously showing that you've, you care about this so much. Um, and people get to experience uh, just, I think, I think what's more exciting to watch or be a part of is your own personal joy with what you're doing. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and then when you're good at it, which obviously you are, and I, I watched it and I was like blown away, you know, it just makes it 10 times more entertaining and exciting. You know, it's different than just listening, listening to a recording when you're watching a person perform their passion right. and they're good at it. That's inspiring, right? And and I would bet, I'd be willing to bet what, that when you saw the guy do his turntable stuff, you saw someone who absolutely loved what they did and they oh, yeah. were good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? That That's inspiring. Does that, I mean, oh, by the way, here, here here's the thing that we always get with, you know, when you're live performing and you're doing something and people start shouting, do this, come on, let's hear it, dance, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, how do you handle that? Because I'm sure you must get that a lot. Hey, hey, Gabe, will you will you do some some beatboxing and some rapping here for us? We would love to hear it now. Yeah, come on, come on, you know, do it, do it, perform. <laughs> you know, to, to be honest, Eddie, I, that really hasn't happened when I'm actually doing a perform. Like if I'm at a show and I'm supposed to be performing, right? That's it. Never really happens. But but it's like in the you know, in, in ordinary life, when I'm not on stage, I sometimes get, you know, yeah, you do the thing, Gabe, do it, you know, <laughs> plus she's never seen this. Let's show her like, you know, and usually I'm, yeah, let's do it. Why not? You know? Um, uh, but it's like, I also think, you know, I think there's something to be said about being prepared. You know, if, yes. if, you, have, if you have a dream and you have a passion and you have some, you have a gift. I mean, I believe everybody has gifts. Yeah. Um, if you have a gift that, that you want to give to the world, be ready, be show, show the world that you're ready by being ready because you never know when someone's going to be, you know, Hey, can I, you know, I heard you do this thing. Like, um, this happened to me, it's happened to me before, you know, and I've got to be like, okay, uh, I'll switch into rapper mode, you know, and like, I got to just do it. And, um, it could be not the greatest performance ever. Or it might be, you never know, it might be the person that, that, you know, they're, they might be a gatekeeper, you know, that an influential gatekeeper that 
they then hear that and they're like, wow, and then you never know what happens. Um, so I think it's, you know, uh, I think it's easy to forget that like we should be ready, you know, like, uh, because I've always had this dream of, of rapping and, and, and um, being a part of music. And it's easy to just kind of get bogged down in the day to day of life. And, um, but anytime I hear live music, anytime I'm, I'm around live music, I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm listening and I'm like, that's where I would come in and start, like I could rap right there. And this would, I have the, like this one song would be so good with what those guys are doing. And like, I'm always just kind of like, on, if you watch me watch live music, you can see like, if you look in my eyes, I'm like, ra I'm usually rapping in my head over whatever's going, like, I'm just, that's how I function. Cause it's, yeah. cause it's a, it's a conversation. Like I feed off of the energy of what that musician's doing. So it's, it's, yeah, it's important to be ready. You know, um, we forget. Uh, we anybody forget. can be watching. Yeah. Anybody can be watching yeah. anybody can be listening and so on. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm, I, I wanted, somebody had brought up a, a story or asked, uh, man, brought up a story about the time where you um, got, to, had, were asked to perform in front of Emily Wright. Uh, mm -hmm. For those who don't know Emily Wright is, she's the owner, co-owner of um, doTERRA, one of the most amazing people on the planet. So I don't, I don't want you to tell that story just yet. We're going to hold off on that story. Sure, but yeah. I'm going to have you tell that story in a minute. So yeah. everybody watching, we're going to get to the Emily Wright story. But um, what I'm what I'm curious about right now is this: you're going you're going to school and you're you're having all these amazing experiences. There's a connection between music and sociology for you. Sure. There's a major connection oh, yeah. there. And this uh, so this connection of sociology and 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 music. Um, I would imagine then led to you kind of what I'm getting the feeling of you discovering your purpose. Um, and I, I, if you can kind of tell a little bit why, why for you, where, what does music and sociology have to do with each other for you? And obviously rap and is the vehicle, right? And then right. how this name that you got here in the bottom right co left corner of your screen here, where did that come from? So, right. so if you can kind of connect those two together. Well, you know, <clears throat> My fifth strength is individualization. So, you know, I've always been interested in people. Like, um, I love people watching. <laughs> uh, you know, when I was in college, I would, um, like, when I had time between classes and stuff, I would, like, find a bench that was in a populated area where people are walking by, and I just, I just like to watch people. It's, it's, I know it might sound weird, but it's, like, I'm interested in people, how they move through their life, you know, the energy they carry, you know, what's, um, what they're People watching. Out. Yeah. Do you, do you ever uh, go to like theme parks and just want to watch people walking? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been to a, a theme park in a long time, but yeah, I mean, that's that thing. Like it's, it's just really interesting, um, to me. And I've always been interested in what, like what motivates people and, um, why are some people like successful and others aren't. And, um, uh, I just, um, have, and I've also, I'm also interested, like, in the sociology spectrum of this, like, I am interested in societies and how, you know, um, how a culture is organized and why, and, um, and that was part of what, you know, um, being a, a student at Chico State, it's like, used to be, I don't know where it is now, but it used to be the rated the number one party school in the country. Um, 
And uh, every year someone would die from hazing rituals. Um, and the, one of the years I was studying there, there was a person, there was an arsonist that was burning down frat houses. Um, and they took down of several. Um, so it's like all, you know, those, I bring this, I bring that up because it's like, this is, you know, this is people, people are doing these things. People are doing hazing rituals, even though every year somebody dies from it. And the, the university has tried to restrict it. And, you know, it's this, the brotherhood of the um, fraternities, you know, they're not gonna, it's like this, you know, decades old practice. And so it's just interesting. Those things are interesting to me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, to, I mean, I've always been curious about people, what motivates them, what moves them, why do we organize our cultures these way, this way? That's part of why, I, you know, living in, the reason I brought up all the stuff about Chico State is because in that environment with the, um, if not necessarily the greatest of humanity in that party school environment, um, I also living there, I also found um, incredible education. Like I had professors, you know, it's like this weird contrast, you know, like going out and I'm watching my peers just destroy themselves with alcohol and drugs. And then, um, and then I'm going to class the next day and having professors blow my mind. Wow. Okay. That's so cool. You know, it's like this. That, weird... That's amazing. So it's like, so it's almost like you're getting the experience, the equal, the, the capacity that people have for good and evil. Sure. Right yeah. in the same spot. And I can, I can already see, and I'm sure people watching and listening that there's a tie, there's a, there's a connection to trafficking here, sure. you know, being, yeah. it's almost like it's this fascination of how a person can be so capable of one thing and at the same time, capable of the direct opposite yeah. to inspire people or to destroy them. Right. Um, pretty uh, intense. And I mean, I mean, I get, I get the fascination. Um, I really, I really do. This is one of the reasons why I love strength so much right. is because it helps me see everyone's capacity for good, regardless of whatever evils they're committing to themselves or to other people. Right. 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 This is something that you're you're fascinated with as well. And I love the like, this concept of being interested in something mm -hmm. and just kind of being curious about it. And that curiosity is like every day. Right. <laughs> and when it's right. every day you're curious, one could argue that it's no longer curiosity, it's now obsession. Sure. Right? <laughs> sure. See that look yeah. on your face? It's like, yeah, Gabe, you own it, right? We get to own it. Yeah. We're obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we're here because we're obsessed with these concepts and we know that people can benefit from them. Yeah. And that's cool. So you're in this place in, in Chico state and you're seeing the capacity for good and evil and you're connecting music to that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so how does, how does that, where does music come into this concept? Is it, is it partly that, Hey, I can see these things and I want to contribute to the solution and I feel like music is my gateway. Is that, is that part of it or is it something else? I would say that that is part of it. Um, like, you know, I don't wanna be on like, you know, preach from the mountaintop or stay on my high horse of like, you know, I can save the world with a song. But in my experience, I, so in, in that mess of my college life, there was some, 
moments that were some of the hardest times I'd ever experienced in my life. And there was also some times that were extremely joyous too. Um, and in those hard times, music was the thing that kept me going. I, I wouldn't have made it through college if I didn't have the right music. I just, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Um, and so I, I have um, a, uh, I just, yeah, I have, cause like I said before, it's emotion. Music is emotion for me. And so if I'm experiencing an emotion, I can listen to a song to help affect me into a different emotion. Um, or I can listen to a song that's a similar emotion to help me feel like someone understands what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, it's like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be rapping if it wasn't for the rappers that came before me that inspired me. Um, I, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have studied music. You know, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have finished or gone to college. You know, it's like, it's for me, it's been this driving thing. Um, and does that answer your question? I yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, but <laughs> well, the feeling, here's the feeling I'm getting, Gabe. It, 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 it's not a driver for you to be the one who's front and center leading the charge. Right. The driver for you is already seen how other people have already led the charge and you want to contribute to it, keep going. Yeah. I, That's my, the feeling I'm getting. Yeah, you're right. And, and I would say my greatest aspiration as a rapper, as a musician, is that I can provide that for someone else too. Like, so like those hard yes. times, having a song that that I can listen to that helps me I mean I'm sure everybody that's listening to us right now is thinking of the music that they listen to that helped them through the divorce or helped them through the whatever you know and and so if so that's my greatest aspiration is to be able to give back to be able to to create music that that other people can get something out of that that might help them through a hard time or it might help them celebrate a good time, whatever. But like having that um, that music available, um, I mean, and it's if someone is if someone is listening to a song of mine and it helps them that way, then you know that is um, a great joy for me. You know, and that that is what I love the most when I get the feedback from somebody that. You know, this song made me cry because it made me think about my dad passing. Like I have a yeah. song where I kind of talk about my dad when he passed. And so, you know, like that, that's the, that's the mission for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. I get the feeling that connectedness is another high strength for you. I'm not, I'm probably wrong. Um, let me know. see. <laughs> I have them. Uh, I don't remember. Sorry to put you on the spot. Um, you know, it's since you knew your number five, I thought maybe you might know. Not in the top five. It's ten. It's ten. ten. All right, that's that's high. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, just to help everybody understand, what where Gabe is shining right now is like knowing how his part to play is part of a bigger picture, as part of a bigger plan, like being, you know, Gabe. I'm just gonna put my own word on this. It's like being a soldier for good. Hmm. You know what I mean? And you're picking up your weapon. In this case, it's music. Yeah. And you are like, I can, I can already tell you, I mean, you're like a, 
like a, an ace ninja sniper with that music. You know, when when there's a feeling that needs to be felt, you know the song. Right. Yeah. Right? You know what? I'm thinking Batman. That's <laughs> your belt of different songs. What do we need right now? <laughs> Let's put on the turntable. Let's grab the mic. Move yeah. <laughs> you pretty this. much hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. All right. At what point did you just say, I'm the inspirational rapper? You know, um, I have a background in, uh, in network marketing and, and personal development. And um, uh, it, I think I was coming out of a, I think I was actually at a doTERRA convention. And before the convention, we were in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we went to a, a, um, a, a Tiffany Peterson. Um, she's a success coach, speaker, um, fantastic um, material. Um, and it's just, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say any one person or thing, but it was like, I've been through so much personal development. I've sat through so many courses that were fantastic. I've been very fortunate um, uh, to get the education that I've gotten. Um, and it, it was every time, every time it was like those questions, like, what do you really want to do? Like, if you had all the money in the world and all the time, like, what would you do? And all those kinds of questions that kind of get like that chip down into like your soul, like what's really, what do you really want? It was always about what we're talking about with music. It was always that. And um, I think as a product of being around so many inspirational speakers, I was just like, I should just be the inspirational rapper. Um, I have another name that I, that I started making music with. Um, and it was a nickname that um, my Indian friends gave me when I was living in India. And I like it, but it's not, I didn't, it just wasn't quite the fit I wanted for. Um, and I, you know, to be honest, I struggle with the name thing. Like yeah. I've thought like for a while that maybe I shouldn't be the inspirational rapper and I should just be like, you know, just be Gabriel Fugate, just be myself. I don't know. But I like, I like the inspirational rapper. I think that it speaks to what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, I think that um, from a like marketing standpoint, it, it, it points people that would be interested in what I'm hearing, you know, um, versus like, you know, there's so many like little baby, little Wayne, little, you know, like I, that's not my style. Like, I'm just, right. I'm not going to be like little G or something, you know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, not, not to like poo poo on the, those artists. They're great. It's but, just not you. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not, it's not like that's. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's hard. It's hard to take encapsulate like your creativity and, and, and your passion and and be like, what's the name for yeah. this? That you know, and I think you have to like build the name too. Like I could be the inspirational rapper and nobody really might know what that means until they hear it, you know. Yeah. So so I've, what what I'm what I'm how, what I want people to see is that these kinds of things you don't just wake up and go, okay, that's what I'm gonna be. Now let me go figure out how to make that come. Uh, it, it's more of a, it's just like, you know what? I've been asked this question so many times. Who am I? What do I do? What is my passion? What is my calling? I, you know, I, we've been asked these questions so many times that at some point you just kind of get frustrated with not having a, an answer. Like you don't even have to have a great answer. Just 
an answer would be nice. Right. Um, when I when I first started doing videos, I'll share this with you. Um, I people um, uh, gave me nicknames too, and I remember uh, this is so cheesy and corny, but it was the wellness dadvocate. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I like like at the time I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm a wellness advocate. That's clever, right? Yeah, people like it. And after a while, I just kind of like, oh, I don't know. That's not really me. So. Then right. I got other nicknames, like somebody once called me the Y Whisperer because I could find the depths of a human soul and help them see it. Like, look, this is you. And they just go, oh, that's me. And they start crying. And I could do that. So I became the Y Whisperer for a while. I was like, all right, I think, I think I'm not that anymore. What am I? I don't know. And then it became one day the strengths guy. Mm-hmm. And like to me, as stupid as that sounds, it's so much more <laughs> clever and interesting to me now because it was the name that I rejected. I hated it. I really didn't like it at all. Mm -hmm. I was like, the strange guy, I don't want to be the strange guy. That's so dumb. It doesn't even explain at all what I do. And then (laughs) I just kind of like, all right, I'll own it, but I'll never put it anywhere. But people can call me that. And that's where people introduce me. Like, hey, you got to talk to Eddie. He's the strengths guy. (laughs) It works. It works great. It works, whatever. Honestly, when it comes down to it, it, like to me, I love these names, they're fun and we can wear them for a while, like the chain in the wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until we're like, eh, I'm done with the chain in the wallet. <laughs> I'm, I'm good now, I'm gonna take another step, you know? Uh, so I love the inspirational rapper. I mean, obviously because it helps people understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but obviously, hey, just I would say this to everybody, you don't have to marry it. Just sure. live with it for a while, right? And then people yeah. and people will always remember these names, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so so tell me this story about uh, Emily Wright. So just so everyone understands, like this is a big deal. Hmm. Yeah. Like when you're around Emily, which I'm sure you've been around her many times. When you're around Emily, you feel like this person's important. Hmm. And it's not just... Like just to kind of, if maybe you can share your thoughts on Emily a little bit. For me, I'm like, this person's amazing. This person's important. And, 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 and whenever I'm around her, it's like, it's just Emily. But your like brain is kind of going, but, but it's, it's, it's Emily, right? She's amazing. She's incredible. It's like she's changing the world and blah, blah, blah. All these incredible things for people who don't know her, Google her, please. But so I don't know, have you felt that or had those thoughts when you're around Emily? Are you, see, I get kind of weird when I'm around celebrities. I get goofy and silly and like, uh, you're famous. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Have, have you had any thoughts or, I mean, I mean, have you been around Emily much or what is your story with that? And then kind of tell the story about how you had to sing in front of her or rap, I should say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't really get like starstruck, you know, too much. It happens sometimes. Um, but I think if there's a it, it, like if there's a real charge like you've um idolized a per, like if it's a musician or something that you've like idolized and listened to everything you know of course you're gonna just freak out when you meet them you know um so i i didn't have that with the first time i met emily um i knew that she was important i knew that you know her what her position was but i hadn't like followed her and i didn't like i hadn't listened to her speak very much before I met her. Um, but um, I, I would like to say that 
you know, you you were talking about how you can tell when you're around her that she's important. And I absolutely agree. But, but I also want to add, and I'm sure you would agree with this too, whether she's speaking on stage in front of, you know, 15, 30,000 people at convention, whether she's speaking to you directly, just one-on-one, -on -one, I cannot stress enough that she makes you feel important. Yes. That is what I've always experienced every time I've seen her speak in front of a group, every time I've met her in person, um, she gives her time and she, man, she knows everybody's name. I don't know how she does that. I don't know how, like I've never seen her stumble and be like, remind me of your name. You know, I do that all the time, <laughs> uh, but so, but yeah, I, I've met Emily a few times. Um, and um, I've seen her speak several times and um, she's always wonderful um, and um, super inspiring. If, if you've been around her, you, you probably have cried, you know, she's, and, and she probably cried too. Um, and that's just how we get down. That's just, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, and and uh, so, yeah, the, when I rapped for her, um, so, uh, so. Was it planned or was this like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I I, don't, I wasn't planning on it. Oh, but, somebody uh, else might have had an agenda. But um, so um, <laughs> okay. I'm sure you know Simone, right? Yes. Another. So, oh my gosh, I love so, Simone. So yeah, so si Simone raps um a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and he had he had come to my area for a DoTerra um, post convention tour, and he was doing um he was presenting. And um, I rapped at it because I have this like, you know, this rap that's, you know, involves health and wellness and, you know, taking your health in your own hands and all that kind of stuff. And um, he really liked it. And so he's been like telling, you know, Emily and, and Dave and, you know, everybody, you guys got to check this out. And then we were all together in, um, in Hawaii at the, um, I don't remember exactly which event it was. It was the, I think it was the Bloom Presence presidential diamond summit for doTERRA um a couple of years ago and we we're all we we're all there and simone had been like i i don't know we'd have to ask him he might have been like scheming on making this happen i don't know but um he'd been plugging it to emily like you got next time you see gabe i can't do his accent but you know next time you see gabe emily you got to ask him to rap i can you know? do it it's like oh, okay so next time you see gabe you have to hear it you have to you have to just just go with me okay just go with me man Hey, that's you pretty good. <laughs> I love I love Simone so much. The people I love the most, I can do dead on impression. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm really sorry, Simone, if you're listening to oh, I'm not. Great. I know he loves it. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's, He's like, great. oh, it's okay. It's okay, man. He's talking about me. It's all right. <laughs> so good. I love him so, so much. His voice really is like uh, very calming. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> So, so, yeah. so did he put you in, is that, so, so he was plugging you because that's Simone being Simone right there. Yeah. He, plugging he had, you. He'd been plugging me. And then I was, I can't remember exactly what happened, but if he, if you, I can't remember if he was there or not when it happened, but I was walking through the lobby at the, at the hotel. Um, and, um, and Emily, right. Was, was there. She was like walking by or standing. And there was a, like her, a bunch of people with her, um, 
important people. It felt like, you know, and she just saw me and, and she, she went up to me, like she's, you know, she was with all these people and she saw me and she just went to me and looked at me in the eyes and she was like, I heard um, that I'm supposed to ask you to rap for me. <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and so just in the middle of the lobby, you know, I just, yeah, no music or anything. Um, I just did th this thing that's like a three minute long verse that's just like nonstop. Um, and she, she, um, it was cool. Yeah. People liked it. The people, everybody else that was around was like, Oh, we got to watch this, whatever. People start gathering. People start gathering. Phones came out, you know, <laughs> all, all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, and, uh, this is happening. <laughs> it's happening right now. It's raw. It's real. It's live. Um, and, uh, yeah, she was very gracious. She, she, she looked, looked me in the eyes afterwards and, um, you know, uh, she just said, I think she said, that's a gift. That is a gift. Thank you for sharing that. Right on. Um, and so we'll have to ask Emily what she, what she thought. This is a great example of what you were talking about with Emily, which is that, you know, she can make you feel this way. She's like she can look at you in a way that makes it easy for you to go, I am important. I've yeah. got an important part to play. I am special and so on. Yeah. Uh, I had a similar experience with her where when I read her strengths report in front of a bunch of other diamonds at the, one of the diamond retreats and I broke down her strengths after looking at it for two seconds. And I broke down who she is like on like a very deep level as you've heard me do, I'm sure many times. And uh, she came to me afterwards and said something very similar, which is like, you've got a gift though Tara needs this right now, please be this, do this. This is who you were meant to be, those kind of things. And I was like, that's all I needed. Uh, like, uh, you know, like the way I would, I would, I would tell you, Gabe, and I'm sure anybody else was like, if, if God's giving you this gift and, and he's obviously made it obvious that this is what you're supposed to do, your creator. And then you've got Emily Wright saying, you know, like, what else do you need? You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> read the signs, people. You know, like, <laughs> signs, Eddie, read the signs, Gabe. All uh, right. So, um, well, this has been awesome. And, and, and there's so much I want to ask. And I think I want to have you come back for more because I would love to hear you talk a little bit about your, you know, I, we, you mentioned your dad. I would love to ask you questions about your dad and, and other things, but um, we're running a little low on time. And so I really want to get to this, this project or, you know, this song, really. So if you could talk a little bit about what this song is, what's the purpose, how can people get it? you know, all these, just help, help everybody get a sample of this or get this and contribute to this cause that you're working for and talk about why this is important for you. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I, let's see a few years back. Um, I started to learn <clears throat> partly because of doTERRA, but other organizations as well. I started to learn about human trafficking and the issue, not only around the world, but also in our backyard right here in all over the US. Um, and I started to really, uh, you know, I was, I knew that this happened on some level, but once I really learned about the reality and, and the, the staggering statistics, quite frankly, um, the, I, I was shocked. I was very moved and shocked um, and, uh it just became apparent that there was a song there for me to write um 
And the, the lyrics um, to this song, I wrote really right away. They came out really fast. Um, this was probably like three years ago, four, maybe four, um, that I wrote the lyrics. Um, and I, uh, then I went through, <laughs> uh, you know, there's, so, um, I went through this, pro I don't want to talk about this process too much because I know we're out of time, but, but I, I, I struggled tremendously because I wrote a chorus that needed to be sung. And like I mentioned, I'm not a great singer. Well, I wasn't then, but as partly as a result of this song and partly as a result of like, I couldn't really find someone that I wanted to sing the chorus and I didn't want to like just rap it. It needed to be sung. Um, and it was my, it was really my expression too. Um, it's very personal, uh, deep, it's deep emotional in my thoughts and my feelings. And so I actually went to a voice coach for two years <laughs> regularly, um, like, like every week and practice pretty consistently throughout that time. And, um, and I'm okay, I can hit some notes. Yeah. Uh, if I practice a bunch and uh, so so that so then I finally it's kind of like I struggled with this song right wrote the lyrics really easy but then the singing and then putting the whole thing together and actually recording it I struggled with it man I wanted to quit a bunch of times I was like this you know this is too hard I'm not a good singer people aren't gonna like me um, you know there's that voice in my head that kept saying you know I'm not enough I'm not good enough um, I'm not a singer I'm you know blah 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 um, and I finally just, you know, I have very supportive people. My wife, Erin, super supportive. She, um, I, I think I took more takes on this course. It's only like a two bar course and maybe like five notes. I took more takes on that than like anything I've ever worked on. Like it was, it just, and I would like, I'd be like, okay, this is what I got. And then I play it for Erin. And then she'd be like, well, you know, it's all right. <laughs> like this like the singing i mean it's you and then be like oh like, <laughs> like re-record i'm like you're right i know it's not but that's the best i could do that day yeah. and then i finally just i finally what i did was i just practiced the notes over and over and over of the course just just hitting them recognizing them and then i got it and i got it down good and then i went and recorded and it turned out really really i'm really happy with it but anyways the project so this song is about human trafficking it's about um what's going on in our country both on and the world but uh, like the statistics are there it's a huge problem um there's also like a little bit of story of like how this affects people there's a lot of concepts in the song and i wanted to um uh i want i wanted to raise awareness and I also i'm very fortunate to be in the position where we're going to be raising funds too um, and so there's a um, there's a local nonprofit that's here in in Medford area, um, uh, Southern Oregon, called Ride My Road. And uh, Ride My Road has a program that it does called Disruptors University, where they educate a group of people about human trafficking and what's going on, and then that group then does a fundraiser. And so Aaron, my wife is in Disruptors University. And so we were like, this is perfect. Let's get the song done. And we can then release the song and use it to help raise 
um, money. So we're gonna raise, we have till the end of July um, so to finish the fundraiser. And then of course we partnered with Healing Hands through doTERRA, which if you're not aware, if anybody listening, Healing Hands is completely paid for by doTERRA. So no donations that go to them pay, the donations are 100% go to the place they're being donated to. But Healing Hands is a matching grant. So we're gonna raise 15,000, but Healing Hands is gonna, however much we raise, they're gonna double it and throw that in. That's so that's, I mean, it's fantastic. I can't believe that it's so easy too. Like, yeah, the process to set that up, not hard. Oh my gosh, it's just like a form you fill out online and then they'll either approve it or they won't. And it's like more people that are in doTERRA should definitely be taking advantage of yeah. working with Healing Hands because it's just, it's just money, it's just free money to help the world like it's so cool um so so we're doing that um and so the song actually came out today um it's you can listen to it on spotify it's on itunes um anywhere amazon wherever you find music online you can hear the song um and any sale like if you buy the song on itunes for 99 cents that i'm any of that will go straight into the donations i'm not going to take any of percentage of it um and then we're um, gonna be rolling out, uh, well, no, it's available now. So, so you can donate um, and to, if you donate $20, you're gonna get um, a, a reserve, you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna get my next album when it tr- comes out, um, you're gonna get a copy of that um, if you donate 20. Okay. And then if you donate 50 or more, you get the album plus a special limited edition t-shirt. Woo, nice. Um, yeah, so we're so we're doing that. Um, we're using a hashtag, a hashtag um, find good people. It's actually one of the lyrics that I'm singing directly to a survivor. Um, and so uh, because, and quite frankly, there's a lot of um, focus in the trafficking world when you start to dive in and look at it on fighting trafficking and, and doing sting operations and busting up. And that's, that's important, but trafficking, people that are trafficked are usually often trafficked by people that are family or friends. Um, And a lot of times it's adopted children. Um, And so those are the only relationships they know. And a sting operation can be traumatic, very traumatic. Um, And then if that happens, oftentimes the kids go right back or the adults too, you know, whoever it is, they just go right back into that relationship. and get right back into a trafficking situation. So it's really important to help survivors of trafficking to get on their feet. And so all of our fundraising um, with this song and with Disruptors University, it's all going to support survivors to get back on their feet, to get therapy, to get help, um, to get a safe place to be able to um, recover. And, uh, yeah. and and that's big, what doTERRA has been doing. Like they yeah. they built those um housing units and all that stuff to help everybody so um yeah so that's the song is called i can't imagine the inspirational rapper just look me up anywhere there's only one out there um and uh uh i guess guess we can (laughs) love that yeah and and then there's a there's um there's a link. I'm not great at this stuff, Eddie, to be honest. The That's whole, okay. That's all right. All, like, I'm good at it. Well, I'll help you. It's all good. All the nuts and bolts. There's a, there's a link that you can go to, to do, to donate. 
Um, is there a website, like a name, or is it one yeah. of those long, kind of complicated? So it's, it's, um, because I, I can see that Erin is watching live on Facebook, yeah. and and she is just, oh, there she just put here, donate here. Okay. So it's a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash rmr disrupt, rmr disrupt. Yeah. Uh, so go to my Facebook, or if you're for those of you listening to the podcast a little bit in the future, you're, uh, I'll put the link in there as well. This is, um, and I, I love that find good people. This is um, really cool. Uh, is sorry, I don't. I, I think I cut you off. Is there anything oh. else we need to hear? So obviously, I can't imagine the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Inspirational rapper. They can buy it on iTunes. Listen to it on Spotify. The money that they pay go will go towards uh, this um, this program, and then Doter Sorry, uh, Healing Hands will match it, yeah. uh, which is incredible. Holy cow, this is amazing. And so for those of you that are watching, if you're watching on Facebook right now if you're, uh, or you're listening to this podcast, share this content with other people. Like, the, So Gabe, just like me and, and so many of us, we've been exposed to how much evil a person is capable of. And when you get exposed to that, you, know, the, the, you, you, start, to, you start to make the, the small things become not important anymore. And it kind of gives you a focus. Do you know what I'm, you know, it's like, that funny how we go through life and we sweat small stuff because we don't really know how big and how, you know, how, like how, in, how much the world is what's going on and what's the real world and so on. But when you get exposed to it, I, I for me, it focused me. You know, when I got exposed to these kinds of concepts, which I had to, I was dragged um, I was dragged to a movie theater to watch The Abolitionist. I don't know if you remember when that was out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was dragged to that theater. Didn't want to see it. But when I saw it, it gave me hope because I saw that there was not just, there was obviously evil, but there were people of that were good, that were on the side of fighting this. And then we could join them. We could lock arms. Um, you know, we could pick up a weapon. We can pick up a, a, a social media site or we could pick up a song. And we can fight, uh, fight with who we are, right? So that's the thing I would tell you, Gabe, and I tell anybody, fight with what you got, yeah, with what you are good at. And that's, that's what this is. Um, so do we, do we want to give people a sample of this right now? Or do we want to just yeah. tell them to go get it? How do you want to roll on this one? You're, you're can, the artist here. Yeah, let's, let's, I can do a little bit of the song, just acapella. And so people right. can hear some of it, yeah. And then you you know you can go and listen to the full song with all the music and everything. Um, all right, brother. Well, I'm gonna mute my microphone so I don't right. interrupt this. <laughs> uh, so this, by the way, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story because, like, I'm feeling this major anticipation wanting to hear it. Yeah. And when I hear about the work you put into the singing part after you talked about, you know, telling about, like, this interview has been amazing. So. I'm excited. Let's hear your hear you do this, and um, everybody just enjoy my friend here, and I'll I'll, I'll be quiet. Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> it's, he's still talking, even though he's muted. <laughs> I know I'm still talking. I'm, I'm just like I'm excited. You go ahead. All right, all right. <clears throat> the land of the free, home of the brave. <laughs> 
where today we house about 60,000 slaves. If you don't believe me, you can Google the statistics or better yet, check your local red light district, but keep your eyes open. It's easy to miss it because even your daughter could get Craigslisted. Star for approval, how does this get started? They look for daddy issues. Those girls are easy targets. Others come from overseas or border countries sold into servitude and torture for money. 100 billion or more worldwide. How does this industry have that? Kind of supply. I guess the money's too attractive and fantasy's too strong. Even cops get it on. Damn, where did we go wrong? But I can't understand how there's such a high demand. If you buy a child for sex, you are not a man. Ooh. There you go. Okay, that was I I I don't know if I hope nobody saw me because I wanted to focus me on you, but when there was some lyrics in there, I was just like, oh, you said it. And that needed to be said. Uh, okay, so no more. That's it. That's all y'all get. That's go, a little taste. <laughs> go get the song. And I'm going to challenge everybody. Share it with one person. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many songs are out there that are just crap? And like, in comparison, to the message here, the message is important that it's being shared. This is, this is, that was good. All right. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. So good. Everybody go get it. Um, all right, Gabe. You've inspired me, brother. Um, we've obviously got the website. Aaron has shared it on my Facebook, and we'll make sure this gets shared out. I'm going to blast this to my email list. I've got a pretty big, big email list, and I'll make sure everybody gets it. Awesome. Um, thank you, thank you for, for doing what you did. And I, I would uh, ask anybody that's watching this on Facebook, should, should I have Gabe back? I already know the answer to that, but I want to hear, I want Gabe to see your responses. Should I have Gabe back on the podcast so we can go in more? Because there's so much more. So much more to talk about. Um, Gabe, any final thoughts on what you talked about here? Anything you want us to remember you by and then we'll wrap up. Um, I just think that um, I would just encourage anybody who's listening that has gifts or, or dreams inside of them, which we all do, to just don't give up on that. You know, follow your, follow your passion, follow your dream. You know, we get caught up in the details of everyday life and you know, the legacy that you leave with your art or whatever your gift is, is really important. Our world desperately needs people to live their authentic passions and desires. And it's not easy. It's not easy to do in our culture. Um, but we need you. We need you to do it. And when you see, I mean, that's how I operate. When I see someone doing their thing, I want to do my thing. So I hope that seeing me do a little bit of, of what I did today and you going and listening to the song i hope that inspires you to do your art or do your passion whatever that is it doesn't have i mean yeah we need it we need you the world needs you you're not alone my friends you're not alone you're there not are alone. there are so many of us out there fighting and I, I love that you said the world needs more so much more of uh, people yeah. just owning and, and honoring who they are gabe thank you brother that was awesome my pleasure thank you so much eddie all right. Well, for those of you that are uh, listeners of the podcast, I hope you love this. I hope you share this with other people. Get involved in this cause. Follow this inspirational rapper everywhere he goes. He's going to bring value and he's going to inspire other people to do the same. Uh, so thank you all very much. We'll see you all on the next podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Strengths podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get the next interview the moment it releases. And go to UnleashYourStrengths.net to get the Unleash Your Strengths book for free.